Wouldn't some hot buttered popcorn hit the spot right now? Extra fluffy, extra big kernels of it pop to perfection. Then drenched with the golden goodness of pure sweet creamery butter. Can't you just taste it? We heap the container extra high, but <laughs> you better buy two more for the rest of the family. Piping hot, golden buttered popcorn at the refreshment center right now. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. This week we've got four, count them, four birthday celebrations for Tommy Kinsman, Hero Durance, Cliff Jackson, and William Tracy. And in the fourth segment we'll enjoy some jollity and a tasty snack. Last week, July 21st, marked the birth in 1901 in Liverpool, England, of Thomas Francis Kinsman to John Kinsman and Emily Harding. Known as Tommy all his life, as a child he learned to play the banjo and subsequently took up the clarinet and saxophone. His band-leading career started in 1928 directing the London Frivolities Band, and he went on to appearances at the Florida Club, Ciro's Club, a residency at the Ritz Hotel, and performing at the exclusive Fisher's Restaurant in the mid-30s. During this time, his band of between 8 and 12 players recorded over 250 sides for various British labels, including Octocross, where he became musical director. Kinsman recorded under a number of pseudonyms, including the Bond Street Swingers and Eddie Harding and his nightclub boys. Following World War II, Tommy Kinsman continued to make records and appeared on radio in 138 programs in the Music While You Work series over 20 years. Tommy Kinsman led his bands for more than 50 years, but in 1982, at age 81, decided to retire to Marbella, Spain. In February of 1984, he suffered a heart attack, and a second on March 15th proved fatal. He was cremated in Madrid but his ashes were scattered in the gardens of the Golders Green Crematorium in Middlesex, England, as had been those of his first wife, Marguerite Mary Bagley. Here are three from Tommy Kinsman. Thank you. 
must you be mean to me? Gee, honey, it seems to me you love to see me crying. I don't know why I stay home each night when you say you'll phone. You don't, and I'm left alone, singing the blues and sighing. You treat me coldly each day in the year. You always scold me whenever somebody is near. Dear, it must be great fun to be mean to me. You shouldn't, for can't you see what you mean to me?
We started our tribute to Tommy Kinsman around July of 1929 with Mean to Me, credited on the label of Metropole 78, number 1172, as the Florida Dance Band, with vocal by Kevin O'Connor. Mean to Me was written by Roy Turk and Fred Allert. The Florida in Florida Dance Band refers not to the U.S. state, but to the Florida Club in London. It opened in 1926 and was owned by Captain Gordon Halsey, who also owned the Quadrant Club. It was an upscale venue with a glass revolving door whose patrons were required to wear formal attire, and although described in its advertising materials as eminently respectable, was not above bending liquor laws by instituting a system called bottle parties. The Florida Club suffered a direct hit during the German Blitzkrieg and never reopened. Next was Tommy Kinsman and his band with Soon, written by Eddie Lisbona and Charles Fitzgerald. That was Tommy Kinsman himself providing the vocal refrain on that July 1935 recording on the Octocross label, number 1164. Eddie Lisbona just had a birthday, so he'll be getting his own segment on next week's show. It would be hard not to get rhythm in your feet with the last record in that set, Get Rhythm in Your Feet written by J. Russell Robinson and Bill Livingston. Henry Allen and his orchestra were the first to record it in May of 1935, but we heard Tommy Kinsman's rendition on another Octocross 78, number 1225, around March of 1936. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, July 21st, marked the birth in 1899 in London of Hero Vorzanger, to musician Adolf Vorzanger and his wife Florence. Doesn't ring a bell? It's doubtful, but you may know her better by her professional name, Hero Durantz. Her career began at about age 10 as a child performer in a double act with her sister Haiti, then as a pianist accompanying silent films, and as an intermission pianist in West End theaters. Around the mid-1920s, she began to have some success with her own tunes, which she wrote for theater and film. She joined Britain's Performing Rights Society in 1926, and was a founder of the Songwriters Guild of Great Britain in 1938, the British version of ASCAP. Later in her career, she was an announcer for ITV, the independent commercial television network in the UK, established in 1955. Hero Durance continued providing musical accompaniment for productions at the Theatre Royal Brighton into the 1960s. She died April 11, 1999. Here are three tunes from Hero Durance. Everything went wrong 
never knew that I could smile at all until you came along. You're mine, you're mine, the maker made you mine. I bless the sod on which you trod and thank my God you're mine just like the autumn leaves my tears would fall when everything went wrong never knew that I could smile at all until you came along. You're mine, you're mine, the maker made you mine. And we you trod and thank my God you But 
Jack Hilton and his orchestra with Harry Robbins prominently featured on vibraphone and When the Circus Comes to Town, written by Hero Durance and Rex London, not to be confused with When the Circus Came to Town, written by Jimmy Eaton, Terry Shand, and Julian Kay. This recording is from HMV B6076, recorded September 11, 1931, 
in the Gramophone Company's brand new studios at 3 Abbey Road, St. John's Wood, City of Westminster, London, England. Yes, the same studios the Beatles used for most of their recordings. The building was originally a nine-bedroom Georgian townhouse built in 1831 on a path leading to Kilburn Abbey, hence Abbey Road. Before the circus comes to town, baritone Raymond Newell was backed by an unidentified orchestra on a Durance and Rex London collaboration, The Journey's End. This recording is from British Columbia DB5, recorded in 1929. We started our little tribute to Hero Durance with Your Mine, described on the label of Bluebird B10038 as a vocal dance. That was Ethel Waters, backed by Edward Mallory and his orchestra on November 9, 1938. This Your Mine was written by Durance and Bruce Sevier. Last week, July 19th, marked the birth in 1902 in Culpeper, Virginia, of pianist Cliff Jackson. He spent the first part of his musical career in Washington, D.C. and Atlantic City, but in 1924 went to New York City, where he worked in several different bands, including Happy Roan's Club Orchestra and Lionel Howard's Musical Aces, and began his recording career accompanying classic blues singers. In 1926, he recorded two piano roles, and the following year formed his most famous band, the Crazy Cats, Cats with a K. When the Crazy Cats broke up after about five years and 12 sides, Jackson worked mainly as a piano soloist in New York nightclubs, but didn't record as a solo artist until 1944. In 1937, he met singer Maxine Sullivan, born Marietta Lillian Williams in 1911, but it wasn't until 1950 that they were married. During the 1940s and 50s, Jackson appeared at New York's Cafe Society, where he led his own trio, and worked regularly with Sidney Bechet. In the mid-40s, Jackson led his quartet, the Black and White Stompers, and toured with Eddie Condon. He was active right up until a heart attack took him on May 24, 1970, the day after a performance at a New York nightclub. Here are three from Cliff Jackson. Thank you. 
There you have pianist Cliff Jackson in three different roles, first as a piano roll artist on Hawk Shop Blues, from QRS Piano Roll number 3616, released in September of 1926. Hawk Shop Blues was written by Spencer Williams. Next was an example of Cliff Jackson as accompanist. That was Carrie Edwards with her composition, Dirty Mistreater, from Columbia 14652D, March 9, 1932. We finished up with one of the hottest performances by Cliff Jackson and his Crazy Cats, Torrid Rhythm, from Van Dyke 78, number 81842, made in New York around January 30, 1930. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. For this segment, we're going to engage in some jollity, but first, let's have a tasty snack, shall we? Provided by the Popcorn Man. Because popcorn man, popcorn man, and the popcorn man, it's good for boys, good for gals. Here he comes, popcorn man, pops them like no one can. Got five cents in your hand, give it to the popcorn man. See him here, see him there, see him most everywhere, at the old country fair. How they love the popcorn man as they pause to the sky. He sings this lullaby, good for boys and good for men, makes old maids like girls again. Pops them up, he don't stop. Pops them up till they drop. Papa, how he can pop. They all love the popcorn man.
what he could see, and all that he could see, and all that he could see was the other side of the mountain, the other side of the mountain, the other side of the mountain was all that he could see. Hill, better known as Tiny Hill, and his orchestra with For He's a Jolly Good Fellow, from Vocalion 5248, November 21, 1939. As you might guess, Tiny was all but, tipping the scales at over 166 kilograms, that's 365 pounds, and he was billed as America's biggest bandleader. I don't know why, but it seems as if everyone who's named Slim is... But it's exactly the opposite with those nicknamed Tiny. Benny Goodman and Jimmy Dorsey both recorded it here in the U.S., but we started with British band leader George Elric and his rendition of Popcorn Man, written by Will Hudson, Lou Klein, and Bill Livingston. George Elric also provided the vocal on that British Columbia 78, number FB1875, recorded December 7, 1937, before both the Goodman and Dorsey recordings. So, what do those three records have in common? Well, if you think of Jolly and Popcorn, you might think of Jolly Time brand popcorn. And why bring up Jolly Time popcorn? Well, because I was made aware the other day that Jolly Time popcorn has the distinction as the longest continuous holder of the Good Housekeeping Seal of Approval having earned that honor all the way back in 1914. Good Housekeeping magazine was first published in May of 1885, and the Good Housekeeping Institute was founded in 1900 as the Good Housekeeping Experiment Station, with the goal of studying the problems facing the homemaker and to develop up-to-date, first-hand information on solving them. In 1905, the Institute started publishing a roll of honor for pure food products, and in December of 1909, the tested and approved list of 21 household products found to meet the Institute's standard of excellence, authorized to carry the Good Housekeeping seal of approval. The Good Housekeeping Institute is still going strong, now located in the Hearst Tower in New York City. I wonder if radio programs can be awarded the Good Housekeeping seal. Last week, July 19th, marked the birth in 1883 in Brooklyn, New York, of William Gould Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, to William Tracy and Alice Gray. He started out as a staff writer for a number of music publishing companies where he collaborated with a host of composers. His career took off with Play That Barbershop Chord, written in 1909 with the music by Louis F. Muir. 
It was apparently fate, because Muir had originally asked Ballard MacDonald to write the lyrics for his tune. But when MacDonald procrastinated partway through the job, Muir got Tracy to work on the project. The song was the first written use of the term barbershop when referring to a male harmony singing group. Bert Williams introduced the song in 1910 at Hammerstein's Victoria Theater in New York, and it was so successful he interpolated it into his act in the Ziegfeld Follies of 1910. Once the song was successful, Ballard MacDonald claimed he had written the lyrics and sued Muir's publisher, J. Fred Helf, who went out of business when MacDonald was awarded $37,000 in damages. In 1912, Tracy tried to go into business for himself and formed the William Tracy Music Publishing Company with offices at 212 West 42nd Street. Their first publication was I'll Be Welcome in My Hometown with music by Harry Gentis, but Tracy passed the rights to Leo Feist. It seems that Tracy was associated at one time or another with nearly as many publishers as composers. On August 25, 1913, Tracy married Helen O'Brien in Manhattan with the press reporting that everyone in music was there. The following year, Tracy was a founding member of ASCAP. Sadly, Helen died eight years later at just age 26, but the following year, on November 28, 1922... Tracy married Mary Ada Carter, also in Manhattan. Helen was not in the business, but Mary was a vaudeville actress and producer. William G. Tracy was also known professionally as Billy Tracy. In 1922, he teamed up with Dan Dougherty, and in 1926, the pair had a radio show called Tracy and Dougherty. William Tracy died of natural causes at his suite at the Forest Hotel, now the Time Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, on September 5, 1957. Songs from the Tracy catalog include Gee, But It's Great to Meet a Friend from Your Hometown, Lonesome Alimony Blues, When I Come Back to You, We'll Have a Yankee Doodle Wedding, and these. Yeah, ain't it grand? What do you say we give the O'Sullivan's a workout, Maggie? I'm with you, kid. All right, here we go. Oh, say, this is like old times. Ow! Oh! What's the matter, Jimmy? Ah, some big bozo stepped on me pet corn. Oh, you got corns, Jimmy. Why don't you do something for them? What for? They never done nothing for me. Let them suffer. Ah, oh, say, this is certainly a swell floor. What do you know about the floor? You've been on my feet all through the dance. Ah, give a guy a chance, will you? This is the first gallop I've had in a year. I've been on a vacation. Gee, you must have a swell boss to let you stay away that long. Ah, me boss didn't give me it. It was the judge. Oh, I bet you missed the old gang while you was away. How could I miss them? They was up there with me. Oh. Say, Mag, when I look at these yokels around here trying to be tough, it makes me laugh. Me? When I hear them talk about tough guys, gee, it makes me sore as a pup. Now the tough ones, you see, wouldn't be one, two, three with the gang down where we were strangled. You know it. Why, they clinch with a man-eating tiger. 
just the same as if it was a mouse. Yeah, and the alley got tougher the further went. Say, we lived in the very last house. We come from down for the gas house in the very worst part of the town. Oh, gee, what a neighborhood. It was the cats when the cops saw us coming, they'd all tip their hats. Remember the gang used to eat at the grease? Yeah. Because his meat was the toughest we found. Some folks used to think the seashore was the class. When we wanted fresh air, we just toined on the gas. We come from down for the gas house in, in the very worst part of the town. Say, Maggie, these new dogs I got on is giving me feet an awful deal. What do you say we put on the high hat and grab a gas buggy? No, let's stick. That's nothing new to me. Why, I can look back to the time when I rode in my own carriage. Yeah, but remember, Maggie, your mother was pushing it. Oh, boy, those was the days. You said it. <laughs> when a fella took oils for a joyride, they'd steal the undertaker's new hoist. Yeah. Everyone on the block was as hard as a rock. Even babies rolled dice with their nose. Yeah, and the kids didn't cut teeth on rubber. <laughs> Why, they just chewed on dynamite sticks. We never threw rice when a couple got hitched. Oh. For good luck, we just showered them with bricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we come from down for the gas house in the very worst part of the town. And when it was hot, we used stove lids for fans. Why, we ate sardines without opening the can. Instead of nice roses, you used to bring me poison ivy to wear on me crown. <laughs> Say, the time lightning struck me, you know, I had to laugh. When the bolt hit me, had a just broke right in half. We come from town for the gas house in, in the, the very worst part of the town. of real good news for any gal who craves the cheap. A certain fella who cures the blues just arrived in town this week. He was the undefeated stepper for the mobile dancing suit. A good hot band is all he needs. He's a doggone strutting fool. Dance and dance. He's just a natural born ladies man. There isn't any gal that he can't land when he makes up his mind. When he gets on a dancing floor, they gather round him by the score. Lots of fellas get gals, cause they're handsome and neat, but what they do with their loop, he can do with his feet. Just one dance, and not another stepper has a chance. And can that baby love, I'll say he can. He's got a lot of mamas, blonde and brunette. He's one of those men women never forget. That ballroom tapping, gal kidnapping, men call dancing
like a one ladies man. There isn't any gal that he can't land when he makes up his mind. When he gets on a dancing floor, they gather round him by the score. There's a ham on his back and he's awfully thin, but he's a mighty good man for the shape that he's in. Just one dance and not another stepper has a chance. And can that baby love? Boy, I'll say he can. He's not much on look, and he's awfully dumb, but he sure has more gals than Wrigley has gum. That gal decoying, home destroying, man called dancing man. American Quartet, tenors Billy Murray and John Young, baritone Steve Porter and bass Donald Chalmers, and Dixie is Dixie once more. 
The group recorded it three times on July 14, 1919, but with no success. They took a break and came back on July 25th and got it right on Take 5, which was issued on Victor 18610. There are lots of better William Tracy songs I could have played to finish the segment, but I chose Dixie as Dixie Once More because, like Play That Barbershop Chord, it too was the subject of legal action. This Dixie is Dixie Once More was written by Billy Tracy and Maceo Pinkard and published by Shapiro Bernstein. They complained to the Arbitration Board for Music Publishers Protective Association that their song had prior privileges of publication over another song of the same name, composed by Leo Turner and James Carp, published by Joseph W. Stern and Company. Anna Chandler testified that she sang the Tracy song in vaudeville on December 9, 1918, and that the Stern song was written later in the same month. Arbitrator Maurice Goodman determined that the writers of the Stern song copied the lyrics after hearing Miss Chandler sing it, and then beat the publishers of the original song to the copyright. He instructed Stern to immediately suppress publication and remove their song from the market. Dixie is Dixie Once More was preceded by Isabel Patricola, accompanied by Ben Selvin's orchestra and Dancin' Dan, composed by Jack Stanley. Vocalion 14722 was recorded in November of 1923. We started our little tribute to William Tracy with Aileen Stanley and Billy Murray, who were down by the gas house, composed by Al Piantadosi. Most of Aileen and Billy's records together are much harder to listen to than this one, which, unlike the others, was recorded electrically on May 25, 1926, issued on Victor 20096. They were accompanied by two pianos, played by Frank E. Banta and Rosario Bordone. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.